Oh, wow. Is that better? That's it right there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, that's it right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to season two, episode 12 of Belgariot and Beyond, the show where we explore magical worlds chapter by chapter, beginning with the Belgariot series of books by David Eddings. This season, we're reading book two, Queen of Sorcery, and today we're diving into chapter 11. I'm here with Alicia, my beautiful podcasting partner. Hi, Alicia. Hello. <laughs> You're right. Your voice does have that little raspiness. It's like that episode of Friends with Phoebe when she's like, ooh, I got the singing voice now because <laughs> yeah. she's sick. <laughs> yeah, this is like my um, ideal, <clears throat> without the slight, you know, every now and then it disappears like it's doing now. Mm-hmm. I get right. that nice grounded quality. It's, my f- it's where <laughs> I aim for when I'm doing recording sessions, like to lose all of the airy fairy stuff out of my voice and to kind of settle down into the nice grounded little bit yeah (laughs) so anyway I totally didn't introduce myself but if you're here um at this episode you know this is number 34 in the entire podcast um I think you probably know who I am but anyway my name is Sandra (laughs) Turnbull and um I'm from the goddess kindred universe welcome yeah, here we are again, two weeks apart from recording, but, but it's a bit exciting. Chapter, yeah, I know. So now we're like literally yep. live, right? Like I know, the week we record much. is the week it airs. So yeah, so mm, the way that our time zones work, um, Alicia's in San Diego and I'm in the Netherlands. So it's like eight o'clock at night here for me and it's like mid- 11 o'clock 11 11 a.m and so we get together this is the time we can get together and so we record in my evening and then in the morning I will be editing the show together and putting it out there for you all so it's virtually live (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really just a few hours apart well I think we're used to it now we're more comfortable like when we first started We had like 10 episodes recorded before I was mm-hmm. even willing to start the show because I just wanted to make sure that we had lots and lots, like a big buffer. And now yeah. it's like, you know, just yeah, the seat I, of our pants. It's fun. Yeah, I think it, we'll see how it goes, but I think it could be a good thing because it's, it makes it more real for us too because it's really fresh in our head the week that it's aired what we were discussing you know it's not like six weeks ago like oh yeah yeah exactly (laughs) I mean the fun thing is now we've actually got people talking to us about the show Mm -hmm. and um so it's nice that it feels like a connected conversation now yeah um rather than you know speaking from weeks in the past I know I've seen a couple of the people in our Facebook group getting really into the conversations. I know it's exciting, and isn't it? I usually see it on accident because I don't get on Facebook that much. Uh, and like late in the evening. So by then I'm so tired. I, I can't even formulate any responses, but I'll go through and like, <laughs> like them. And yeah. 
I'm like, I'm sorry, this is what I'm contributing right now, but I do well, read them. So it's interesting. I went through the community comments and gorgeous Rachel put a document in there, like a little snapshot of the people and their gods. Because it's oh, one of the wow. things that I cock up all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's actually the thing that it's weird. It's so weird because it's so straightforward in my head. But when I talk about it, it comes out all wrong. Like, mm-hmm. But um, that's the thing that everyone has been like really like trying to line me up on. It's so beautiful. Like Eric's mentioned it and now Rachel's mentioned it, you know, about who the people yeah. are and how they all fit together. I just love it. That's good though. I mean, it's hard to remember every little detail about these kinds of stories. It's a lot of information. So, you know, even if it is in your head, all correct, it's good mm. to hash it out. Yes, and absolutely. Talk, talk it through it. Yeah. And I mean, I have the added, um, the added impediment of trying to make sure that I don't talk about things that you don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. So when I'm yeah. trying to explain things, it comes out a bit fumbled because I'm trying to think at the same time, okay, can I say that without needing further explanation or of how I know that, or is this appropriate to say, you know, is, are we supposed to know this yet? Yeah. So that's part of the weirdness of it all, I think for me. Yeah. That does make it harder for sure. Um, should we get into Polgara's cup then? You want to share which is in your cup this week? Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, my potion this week is a large goblet of strong sedative. Oh. Because <laughs> my head feels like the inside of it is just mush. So mm. I sound a bit... Uh, well, that's kind of what it feels like inside my head. So it's probably a contributing factor, the fact that I'm processing all of this shifting energy and feeling a bit fluey with it all. Mm-hmm. But I've also had hours and hours and hours and hours and hours in front of the computer, like doing lots of text-heavy work, a lot of repetitive stuff, like setting up the framework of... Um, a goddess course in miracles as chance would have it we're talking about that in the before the show but it's yeah. a huge amount of text that i have to put in place so that i can then do the rewriting of it and you know start start that so mm-hmm. that that kind of shocked me for a couple of days and then like today i was head to head with fucking wordpress oh it be insane trying to <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk, I gave I'll talk, up on WordPress a long time ago. <laughs> I'll talk about it later on in um, my prophecy check-in because it was one of the questions. It's kind of ties into one of the question I asked last week. But just trying to work out something in WordPress and because I've like tweaked the theme and customized the theme that I use. Mm-hmm. It nothing is straightforward anymore. <laughs> oh gosh, I can only imagine. I only only tried it for myself briefly, and then when I was doing virtual assistant work, and the two ladies I did had WordPress. I just did the basic stuff, but that the basic stuff would make my head crazy. Like I would be yelling at my computer, 
Like, what is wrong with WordPress? Because I use Wix for mine. Yeah, Wix yeah. is so straightforward. Drag and yeah. drop. Got it. We're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was in the HTML and coding and trying mm. to work out stuff today. And oh, oh my God. But, no. you know, but five hours later, by the time I finished work at 5 p.m. today, we were almost friends again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. Yeah. So that's my you back around. <laughs> How's your potion? I, let's say I'm not jealous of your potion. This week. <laughs> I can do without WordPress in my life. Um, yeah. I put my, my cup is a sparkling glass of champagne because I'm a little bit in celebration mode. Um, I think I mentioned last time I've been, I decided to write a nonfiction book that mm-hmm. is about um, the internal writer's journey and how you can like um, write your book just purely from what's within you without seeking like all of this advice. Right? Yeah, you were like, ripping just, along. You'd done like 6,000 words in two hours. Oh or yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, now I have a book of 25,000 words. It's written and I'm just finished revising it this morning. Yeah. Um, and so tomorrow I just have to do a couple more things and then I'll be ready to submit it to the um, Bobo Press. He's going to do the rest. Very good. So I was really happy. I was like, this went way faster. I, I had planned a month for it. Mm-hmm. And here two weeks in, I'll be done a, a, about a week and a half early. So Nice work. Yeah. So that's felt really great. And, um, just my personal life has been feeling a lot more resolution and, uh, peaceful. Yeah. So that's been going good too. So it's just kind of like in a place of like just little celebrations throughout the day. I get these waves of just feeling so grateful for like the most random things. And then I just sit there and enjoy, enjoy it, you know? Well, cheers to you, gorgeous. Yeah, thanks. <sighs> Fantastic. Good. Well, okay, so come on with Garion's view. All right, so chapter 11. Um, we pick off right right at the, uh, where Nachak was killed. So Garion is kind of in this state of like guilt or confusion about what everything just happened that he feels responsible a little bit because he's the one who, um, you know, basically said the information that caused everything to happen. He's <laughs> typo, but he's pursued by this, this girl who. Pursued. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah. So my headache. This is girl who seems to be very flirtatious with him and he thinks it's all fun and games at first realizes that she has like a much deeper intention of wanting to marry him and trap him into it basically. Um, but aunt Paul comes and, and helps him out and it ends with like Gary and his has to sit behind with Mandarellen and I forgot her name, but the woman that he's in love with and they have this like really, I don't know, he thinks it's awkward, but I don't know if it's awkward for them. But this long moment of the two of them just sitting and they're kind of talking at first and then it's just the silence of them kind of staring at each other. And it really just ends there with, with Gary and kind of appreciating, I guess, Mandarellen in a new way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that's it. 
it doesn't sound like much, but there's a lot of emotional uh, inner stuff that goes on in this chapter. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, I might let you lead off with Wolf's Wisdom. You can lead off with the chapter discussion this time. Okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just, it starts with, like, Mandarellen and Wolf and the king kind of talking about the guilt of Nachak because he lost the, um, what do you call it, like, the duel. The basically, it's kind of like in Game of Thrones, it's like the battle. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins is the one who is not guilty, and whoever dies is the one that was guilty. Mm-hmm. And um, that's basically what they're talking about here, and... I don't know if there's anything really important to discuss from their conversation, mm. but they're just kind of talking about what happened. I don't think so. I like yeah. the little bantering stuff between Barak and Mandrell and yeah. Petar. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of patting each other on the back for, like, a job <laughs> well done. <laughs> it's very manly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I like that it's just, like, teasing. It's like... It's a real camaraderie that's building between them. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy um, seeing that. I can imagine different characters I've read in the past who are characters I really enjoy. I can now see them kind of in these guys like Beric and Hitar and even Mandarellen a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Because uh, the thing I love about the, when we first like Mandarellen, the introduction of Mandarellen is, yeah. is like when you first meet him, you go, what is this bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> but really, he, he really like, he's one of those characters that really grows on you and you would miss him if he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, certainly I agree. would. It would not be the same story without Mandarellen. <laughs> yeah. I can see that uh, already, even though I've only had him for a few chapters. But then, yeah, it moves into Garion's internal perspective of everything. And he's absorbing everything that just happened and feeling like the responsibility of it. Yeah. I get it. So this is like one, I think one of the emotional parts you were talking about mm. in the chapter. Yeah. Like he sort of goes, goes, just takes himself away to the side to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, it's not just that someone got called out for doing the wrong thing or is has been punished for breaking the law there's been carnage yeah. in front of him like people are ripped apart with blood everywhere mm-hmm. um really yeah, because it violent. wasn't just natchak it was some the of six, his soldiers six, too i think there were like half a dozen soldiers there as well they're all dead yeah so he's so just can imagine I was just picturing the throne room, how really of a massacre it must look like yeah, so on the floor. If, and Yeah, and I've never really pictured that either. But really, have a think about seven people are dead by swords, gruesomely. That's a lot of blood and a lot of mess. Mm-hmm. And the smells that must come up. And the smells. And, re- and so it's really, when, you've, when I'm reading it, it's so exciting, you know, and it's, you know, thrilling and you have the movie scenes going through your head. But it's always been a, quite a sanitised movie scene. Like the, the, the 
the carnage hasn't really come through for this scene. Yeah. But you're right. It would be bloody horrible. Yeah. So I think Garion's just feeling all of that right now. Um, when he yeah. goes off alone, he's... Like he's feeling... I, I, I like the the... He's not just feeling uh, upset. He's feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sort of it's his taking on the blame of this. Yeah. But then he's quickly distracted by this girl who yeah. walks over to him. Uh, yeah. who, who at least, even though her intentions aren't that, that great once he figures it out, it still you, like, no, no, pulls but, him. Do you reckon he figures it out? I do not. He's clueless through this whole but, fucking thing no he does when when mandarellan tells him what well was yeah going on. yeah but yeah but it takes <laughs> mandarellan sort of saying just just be careful you know because you say the wrong thing you're gonna end up married and gary was like what you know i was trying to work out how old is gary i keep saying he's 15 he must be 15 or 16 huh yeah i would I would guess 15. 15. So, you know, Amanda, I'm saying, yeah, well, I don't know how it is in Sendari, but here you're marriageable age. So just watch out because. Yeah. Um, the, what is, what's her name? Countess, Countess. Uh, hmm. Oh, no, it doesn't. We don't find out what her name is until Amanda Allen is talking to him. Countess. Let me just, let me just find it. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I can't find it. Usually yeah, I can we'll find those. It. Usually I can find those things. But we'll anyway, she's all like coming on to him with bosom heaving and oh my God, virgins will sing about thy brave denunciation, Lord Garion. And really calculating like, you know, is, is Lady Polgar your mother perchance? And oh, but you are definitely of the same bloodline as Lord Belgrath. And like, really like, mm -hmm. going fishing. Yep. And he's clueless to it all. I think it's yeah. too, like, I think because of the state of mind he was just in before she approached him to might contribute to some of that because he was just somewhere else completely. <laughs> like, can all you of imagine? A it's just like, whoa. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Can you imagine? Like you're in shock, fully in shock. There's blood and gore everywhere. And this chick's coming onto you and you have yeah. no clue about any of it. Yeah. That would be, yeah. So I think it's, it's more common that he's clueless about what's happening because he's just still coming out of his internal reflective state. <laughs> yeah. Really vulnerable. Like he was just, he's just been wishing for Aunt Paul so that he could talk to her. And that's yeah. that's not a common thing for him now to to actively seek out. There seems there's like this distance between them a little bit. Like he's not a little child anymore. He's not always under her wing and although I think she's always watching him, you know, he there's there's that natural distance i think that's developing you know as he um is becoming more worldly yeah but you know he wants her and so he's in this really open vulnerable state and batow, pounce attack of the countess with the big <laughs> boobs yeah anyway mandarin um, gets him out of that 
yeah. the countess is not impressed. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, Mandarellen was witnessing that and decides to step in. Yeah. And they have a little talk about, um, you know, Garen's like, thanks for protecting Lodoran. Mm. Yeah. And um, it's like I said the other week, Mandarellen's quite happy to do it the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was a nice moment where they, like, met you. It t- tells you something about who Mandarellen is. Mm, he's looking out yeah. for Gary and like an uncle or a big brother would. Yeah, just, and his, his words are it's because they're part of the same group. Like, they're on the same mission. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that says a lot because um, there's a lot of people that wouldn't be that way. They wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter whose no. group they're in. They're just going to look out for them. No, he's very loyal. But, but even the, um, I think I was thinking about the way that he put, got him out of the, with Countess Vestrana. Oh, Vestrana, Vestrana, that's her name. <laughs> uh. It's funny, I just was, as soon as you said Countess, I saw it on my screen. <laughs> so, yeah, the, just the way he sort of pulled him out of that, like this little awkward thing, like a big brother would, who, yeah. you know, loads the lay of the land. Yeah. And I, I love the moment when, um, like, she the the countess kind of tries to come back in. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you're then Aunt about Paul this. shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Aunt, Aunt Paul. Paul comes in, but and then Mandarin has a quick little word in her ear. Oh, does he? Okay. Uh, yep, 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 yep. And because um, Aunt Paul has been still with the queen. Oh, right. But she's right, missed right. all of the fighting and everything. Like, she hasn't been there for this whole thing. Yeah. I think that happens after uh, after she shoes the girl away. What? But that Aunt Paul and Mandarellen talk about the queen and, and what he wants to know, like, what oh, was yeah, happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it does. It does. But what I meant was um, Paul comes back in, Mandarin yeah. has a quick word with her, and then she goes over to rescue Garion from Countess Vestrana. Oh, so it's like but he's like she held her in. Yeah. So, but uh, what I meant was, Aunt Paul hasn't been there since Garion's denunciation. Yeah. Like the whole battle, she hasn't been right. there for that. Yeah, she missed it all, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so um, you can talk about this. What Aunt Paul does. Yeah, I thought it was just funny how she walks up and she's like, it's time for your medicine, Garion. <laughs> you know, and so he doesn't get what she's trying to do at first. He's confused. He doesn't like, get it medicine. even at the end, I think. He's still clueless. <laughs> <laughs> and so she she creates this whole great story of that he's ill and he has to have this medicine every day at these times and that they hope that someday some woman will be kind enough to sacrifice her life and marry him and take it'll care of him it'll have to be for... soon it'll have to be soon you know <laughs> before his brains turns to mush yeah yeah so she easily scares off the countess of her pursuing wishes of yes. marrying garyan it's a little damper um, on that yeah <laughs> I thought that was just a fun little scene. It was funny. And then the way that she comes straight out of her very serious talk with the Countess and, like, turns around to Gary and says, can't you stay out of trouble? Yeah. (laughs) Gary's like, what? What? I didn't do anything. Mm Mm-hmm. He really didn't, though. (laughs) No, he really didn't. He really (laughs) didn't. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so then, um, then it's that 
exchange with Paul and Mandarellen about the queen. Mm-hmm. And he seems extremely nosy about wanting to know. And I, I'd see, it sounds like that's just kind of their way there. Well, like the comments she makes about, can't you guys just stop gossiping about each other? Kind of <laughs> I think Aunt Paul tends to get a little bit up on her high horse about mm. stuff that she thinks is no one else's business or stuff that she thinks is just for her and nobody else should concern themselves. Sometimes I think there's a little bit of that going on, you know, because I'm... Like, again, I think I've mentioned it before, but the way that she's like, she like um, reminds me of, you know, the, remember we were talking about, you know, do you really want to know when she had that little exchange with Dernick? And yeah, I, yeah. I talked myself around both sides of the argument, totally agreeing with both of them. But sometimes she just really like, really, Paul, can you just get down off your fucking high horse? <laughs> he's just asking a question but um it the fact is queen mayatarana hasn't been able to carry a child to term she has fertility problems by the sound of it and lots of miscarriages like mandarin's fairly close to the like he's part of the court he's close to the royals mm-hmm. and but i get the feeling that even if he wasn't the fact that they don't have an heir to the throne is not just um sad for the king and the queen but it's a problem for the country because the country is so divided and so close to civil war all the time it if they don't have an heir it would mean a dynastic war because there would be people vying for the throne because there would be no natural Mm. heir and so i think that it's a very political um concern as well yeah i i definitely understand that i think he comes from a true place of concern though it's not just about him being like she terms it trying to gossip about no he's not the royalty you know he's not and i think that this i mean yeah i'm gonna get up on my high horse like paul does but i think that (laughs) you know keeping it a separate thing yes there are times for women's circles and women's mysteries and women's sacred stuff just as there is for men's sacred stuff but there's also you know it doesn't have to always be exclusive there is an inclusivity and i think that that some of the problems that we have in the world is that everything is so divided Mm -hmm. i don't think that's a good thing i don't think keeping things divided and and shrouded in mystery all the time is helpful a lot of the time yeah i think um being seeing ourselves as individuals uh only only as an individual separate from everybody else this is kind of how Paul is presenting it here is like she is not you you are not her leave her alone mm-hmm. and the truth of it is it's like no you got to see it as yes we are individuals to an extent but we're all also super connected because we come from mm-hmm. the same place yeah it's interesting i think we all work through our stuff and that's why those exclusive circles are so important so that you feel connected and safe so that you can work through that stuff. But then at some point we come, I come at, I'll speak about it from my point of view because that's all I really can do. When I come out of that stuff, there's a point at which it's time to reconnect and just yeah. reawaken to the awareness that 
there is this greater connection and we're not separate. And the more that we talk about the things that have been secret, you know, the less secrets we have, the more vulnerable we are, the more connected we all are, and the less reasons we have to keep people out. You know, the more we own all of our secrets and all of our messy stuff, the less reason there is to be afraid that someone's going to find out about it. Right. Right. That's what I've been coming to in my own life as well. Like everything you said, I agree with. And um, I think the stories like this, and I was realizing this, not only writing my own stuff, but when I read other fiction now, it's like, how much like fictional stories do emphasize the separateness of everything. The characters are so separate. Pieces of the story are so separate, the places and all of that. And then, and then I was wondering, like, as I, I mean, I still have to write the third book in my, in my series I'm on, but in the next series I start, if I want to write it in a more like inclusive type of way and see what yeah. happens. Well, that's that how I so write. That's how I write. Yeah. But well, mind you, uh, most of my stories are, have lesbian main characters. So it really mm-hmm. is very female heavy. Um, but there is a, there is a, like a little balance simmering there under the underneath the, the I'm very um, aware of my um, blockages as far as feminine masculine balance goes. Mm. And so my writing helps me work through all of that. And I think it's all very reflective of my own process. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Um, so, but anyway, all right. in, all of, in all of this, um, uh paul's very happy with herself she's just caught things in time apparently so mm-hmm. it looks like they'll have a crown prince before too long and manda Allen gets very excited so i must tell the king mount paul says you must mind your own business <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true i think she's right there though because yeah. that is <laughs> yes definitely. a husband and a wife <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> I don't think the king's going to want to find out from one of his soldiers. Uh, like, how do you know this? <laughs> so, so, yeah, so t- she tells him to go and clean his armour instead because he looks like he's walked through a slaughterhouse. So, <laughs> yeah. how, how to make a knight blush. <laughs> um, and then she, she turns to Garion. She says, I hear you've been busy. It, okay. Is this when she's talking to him about everything that's happened while she yeah. was gone? So he says, yeah. She says to Gary, you've been busy. Yeah. Yeah, she just, I mean, she makes the comment of, it's almost like she makes a, a joke out of it. Or I don't know if she's being serious, but um, when she tells him that she, we've got to get you out of Arendia because this place <laughs> seems to be affecting your good sense. <laughs> Yeah, because he's kind of being all noble and making these startling announcements. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he also finds out that he can't keep secrets from his aunt because she knew it was Laldoran the whole time. Yeah, of course she he did. was trying to keep. It's kind of adorable that he thinks that he was keeping anything <laughs> a secret. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I think we all are as kids, though. We think we oh, have all totally. these secrets. Yep, but totally. Our, at least our mothers know it at all. I don't know. Sometimes the fathers can be a little clueless. No, look, I tell you, I mean, since having 
my kids, I realised how little I had a actual secret when I was a kid and how much yeah. my mother just let me think that I had a secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've um, gone through that too. Yeah, because it's like other times that I've just gone, yeah, it's just too hard. I don't want to have this conversation. Fine, mm-hmm. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Just let them be right. Yeah, just, yeah, fine. That's what you did? Okay. Oh, you didn't do that right here. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, they, they just kind of have that little brief conversation and then they go off to have dinner, which Garion thinks is pretty boring uneventful (laughs) (laughs) lots of speeches it's not very long in the book either is it just jumps right to the next morning after oh well before we get there i do like his nightmares (laughs) the way that his nightmares are described i'll just read this little section they went to bed late and gary and slept fitfully troubled by nightmares of the hot-eyed countess pursuing him through endless flower-strewn corridors (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that part that's funny that is kind of like a horror movie (laughs) for a 15 year old boy yeah (laughs) it has the right lighting and she's got the right kind of makeup and dress on and all that can be pretty creepy yeah so and the the costumes that are described in um this part of the world are like heavy brocade and velvets and like really typical kind of what i imagine in my head when i think knights in shining armor and damsels you know in the castles it's all that sort of get up that I imagine it's kind of like a um I I visualize kind of like a Pirates of the Caribbean oh I love that in the movies the the first movie love the first movie it was a classic it will be always be a classic then they stuffed it up by following it up with crap 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 yeah that's like like the women the dresses the women wore that's how I picture her dress. Yeah, with the corsets scene. and the and so boobs overflowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And anyway, so the next day, the Baron of Voebor, the Baron of Voebor arrives with his wife, the Countess Norena. No, Countess? Baron and Baroness. Must be a Baroness. Anyway, they arrive. So if you remember, they're Mandarellans, like he's sort of basically stands as a father figure to Mandarellan. And Mandarellan mm-hmm. is desperately in love with Narina, but can never do anything about it because he respects the Baron far too much. So that's all very pathetic and oh, lots of sighing and stuff. Yeah. And that, that kind of awkward moment when... So did you, well, the reason that they're they're together, the reason the awkward moment happens is because the Baron is fully aware of this situation. And that's what makes it so romantic because they all just love Mm -hmm. each other so much. And so he has to go and see the king. And Gary and Mandarellan are together when they arrive. And so the Baron leaves Narina with Mandarellan just to, to you know keep them keep company and have a talk and then garion says well i'll show you to the king because garion's like oh get me out of here this is just going to be very awkward and the baron very calmly says it's much better if you stay i have no problem with the fidelity of my wife and my best friend but others would talk 
if they were to see them alone, will you please stay here? Like basically, will you please stay with them so that that situation doesn't happen? And Gary and I can almost feel Gary and going into this other space, this other, like he starts to slip into this other awareness of the situation, like mm-hmm. having heard so openly from the Baron, whom it concerns so intimately that he knows all about it. And there's this level of respect there. And I think Gary has to process that a little bit. So yeah yeah and I was gonna say the awkward moment I was referring to was like the moment that that the Lord calls his wife over to greet Mandarellen so that they have to do it while he's standing right there you know mm-hmm. like like and I don't think he has any ill intentions of that it's just like um how that must feel for the two of them to to greet each other having to be so formal when they know how they feel for each other uh but he's standing right there so to me to me that would make me very uncomfortable like if I was the wife maybe you know and I knew like he was saying that purposely just to like prove his point that he knows it's kind of like oh okay I don't well, that's is, is that how you felt it was yeah okay yeah. see i've i sort of get the picture that he's not um jealous or bitter about no. it it's just like this is a matter of fact and he's not trying to make it awkward i don't i don't no, get the feeling that he's trying to make it awkward i don't think he's trying to mm. but i think for the two of them it still is it's kind of like oh mm, well, i suppose it must be you know yeah, but, I just read that and, and felt that. But yeah, I think okay. I think um Gary and yeah is in a bit of and not shock, but he's just kinda like, oh, that's different, you know, the way that the Baron talks to him about it. Mm. There's um, lots of really big emotional things going on in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this last scene I think is the most emotional one. Yeah. Cause you you get Garion's perspective and all all of the feelings he goes through in such a short time, like having to watch them. Yeah, and he, and he, then you also just the two of them, like there's this kind of like calmness to them. Yes, because they're together, and it's yes. kind of like oh, I can exhale now, and um, yeah, it's 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 a nice scene. Mm-hmm. And so there's this intensity that sort of builds so that there's less conversation and more silent time where they're just yeah. gazing into each other's eyes and looking at each other's faces. <laughs> and Garion is making sure that he's in full view of the door, close enough to them so that, you know, anyone who walks by will see him there with them. And he, by the time they finished it's almost completely silent and Garion is so filled with compassion and empathy for their situation that he almost that he sort of wishes that they would just say a word that would allow them to you know allow their love to just flare for just a moment mm-hmm. but also terrified that it would you know that that delicate that you know that uh, that 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 tug that balance that 
Oh, the delicious resistance to a situation, the anticipation and fear that something might happen. That's a powerful feeling. And if you remember back um, when it first came up, Wolf said something along the lines of, adultery is not really that big a thing. You do it, you get it over with, and then you get on with your life. It's this anticipation of not doing the thing and wondering and and building it into this huge idea in your mind that it's going to be wonderful, that it would be wonderful. That's the thing that destroys lives, I think, more than the acts. Yeah, that's a good point. If you're holding on to that kind of thing, like in reality, there is something missing that you're trying to uh, that you're trying to fill. There's there's something missing that that you're trying to get from this situation. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, forget what I was reading or listening. Oh, I was listening to a podcast. It was Wayne Dyer. And uh, he had, so when he would have callers call in, it was this caller talking about a similar kind of, but he was in a relationship and he was feeling like bad because he was looking at other women, wondering what it would be like to be with them. And like Wayne, Wayne Dyer kept trying to just bring him back to this idea that as you're expanding, you know, because this guy said he loves the lady he's with and he still finds her attractive emotionally, physically, everything. And so Wayne Dyer kept trying to talk to him about like, it's, it's as you expand yourself in love, you're going to find yourself loving more and more people. And it's going to sometimes feel like an intimate love, but that doesn't mean you're going to make love to all of them. No. It just means that you are becoming more and more like the divine self within you. Yes. But this this guy wasn't hearing it. He was no. in this place. And I was I wasn't like, oh my God. Like I needed someone to tell me this a long time ago type yeah. thing. And because I started experiencing that too, just randomly around here. I'm like, why is this like to me? I was just, why am I doing this? And yeah, I didn't really like worry about it. I was just kind of like intrigued by this idea. And so when he said that, I'm like, that makes perfect sense. And I was able to to accept that. And so it's it yeah. is this idea of of living in imagination, well, well, this, that. that expanded sense of love—that's a different thing to an obsessive love. Yeah, yeah. I think what I, the way I was trying to connect it is um, no, no. I, under, I think I get what you're saying. Like that's—it's a—it is yeah. absolutely true. This expanded sense of self is is love. Yeah, but connecting like back to these guys who are sitting here and just daydreaming of what it would be like to be together, to finally, mm-hmm. you know, like sleep together, whatever it is they're dreaming about doing. Um, and, it, and being so distracted from the life that, that they're actually in because they're exactly. always just daydreaming about, exactly. about somebody else. And exactly. so I think that's, that's what I felt with this guy who had called in. He yes. was doing the same thing, yeah. just in a you different get, way. You get totally stuck you're not here and I've done that and you're not there you're nowhere mm-hmm. yeah it takes a lot of work to get out of that you know I've been there yeah 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 it, it, absolutely. I think everybody goes there and, and it's so it's intoxicating it's it, 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 yeah I have been in I've been there it's an intoxicating sensation and it yeah. sweeps you up 
Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, and it's it's hard to get back down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not down, but like come back, back to, here. Come back to yourself. You. Come back to yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of the chapter. Yep. Talk about emotional ending. Like, <laughs> almost kind of like I need to go take a cold shower. <laughs> Let their emotions wash from me. <laughs> so what was your what was your magic for this week? Um, I couldn't remember anything um, magical specifically. So I chose the moment that Aunt Paul like finds out everything that's happened while she's gone. She quickly rushes to Gary and to save him from the countess. (laughs) With the tale of his impending madness. (laughs) Medicine. Yeah. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, Mine, um, I picked uh, um, Paul's well-timed doula work with Queen Maya Serrano. So there is Mm -hmm. something magical about the uh, mystery of childbirth and the fact that she has the skills, whether supernatural magic or women's magic, to help her to settle all of that. That's pretty cool. So that's my magic. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. What about your personal insight? Um, personal insight I've definitely been as a child in a situation like Garyon was kind of not really forced into but he felt obligated because of what the Baron the way the Baron approached him with it in such a respectful way like respectful to everyone involved Mm -hmm. um, that he's like all right well I guess I have to stay and just being in this room in this situation that's making him feel really uncomfortable at moments I think just being a kid with adults sometimes whether it's your parents or other family members and you don't really have anywhere else to go because maybe you're traveling or something and like maybe an example is my parents would be arguing on a road trip and we're in the car (laughs) there's nowhere else to go and I'm just sitting back like I don't want to hear this I don't want to hear this so yeah I relate to that yeah yep yep Oh, mine. My real life. Yes, yours. Um, (laughs) Being able to tell things in such a way as to dissuade the person from wanting what they think it is they want. So the tale that (laughs) uh, Paul spun for Countess Vasrana very seriously, like inviting her in but repelling her at the same time because, you know, you just have to say it the right way. Yep. And you know that they I feel like screaming. <laughs> yeah. You feel like? I feel like you you had one similar to this before about being oh, good yeah. at being good at manipulating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, that no, comes just, real handy as a mother though, I'll tell but you. But it's sometimes. it's not all shadow. It's not all shadow, my darlings. It's not mm-hmm. all evil, evil. Mm-hmm. I can be a good queen too part of part of this it comes uh it's very kind and gentle when you're when i'm talking to a client who thinks they want something who's who who is adamant they want some this thing or they're adamant that they can't possibly do something Mm -hmm. and phrasing questions and phrasing the conversation in such a way 
so as they can come to a conclusion themselves. And so it's a way of holding the space with enough room for someone to move around in it and taste and explore different ideas before, you know, just gently guiding them in a helpful direction. <laughs> That's a skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. So and I think that's a beautiful thing to be able to do. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Oh my goodness, we're up to Prophecy Speaks. Yay. you have your book you want to go yep so i'll do my check-in for last week last week okay. uh the question was to offer off author services on <laughs> <laughs> should i offer author services or not like sorry but go remember people how you probably don't know this i don't know if i've ever mentioned it on the show but half of my tongue is actually numb I haven't got feeling in the left half of my tongue. All the way really? back to my, yeah, I don't have any feeling in the left half of my tongue and on the inside of the, my lower gums from um, some nerve damage that I <laughs> sustained. I don't know. From that. a wisdom teeth extraction a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. And so, yeah, I, I can't feel anything. So I went, so it took me three years to stop biting chunks out of my tongue and I had to oh learn how to. I had to learn how to hold my tongue a different way. And so when I'm tired, I start doing this because my tongue doesn't know what the hell it's supposed to be doing. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so let me try and get this out. So whether okay. I was going to offer author services or not officially on my website. And I was told that I should stop being ashamed of the stuff that I do and put it out there. And so I'm, so the reason my head's marsh today is because I have been updating my website to um, incorporate all of these things. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's half done. It's still a work in progress, but I'll put a link in the show notes to the homepage so that you can have a check it out and see awesome. that I'm, I am walking the talk and listening to the prophecy. Mm -hmm. So this week, uh, my question is, what do I need to keep in mind about taking part in NaNoWriMo? This November is going to be my first NaNoWriMo. So if you don't know what that really? is, if you're, not, if you're not a writer, you probably won't know what that is. It's National Novel Writing Month and it's a, uh, a movement. It's, oh, it's a global movement and it's where the challenge is to write a 50,000-word book in the month of November from the first to the last day. And there's this whole huge community of support. Mm -hmm. And so I have decided to go into it because I'm about to start the draft of a book and yeah. I thought this would be perfect to get the draft done. And I just want to see if I, it's possible, see if I am capable of writing a draft in a month. I think I am, but I've never done it before. 
I've done it. I've started NaNoWriMo three times and huh? I don't think I ever finished. Well, I've got, I've, so I'm, I'm entering NaNoWriMo. I've got, excuse me, I'm <laughs> burping. I've started um, a closed, a private Facebook group for indie author support, for indie author writing support in celebration of the fact that I'm entering NaNoWriMo because I wanted a space to, for myself. And it's turning out that the other people are finding it quite helpful, even people who aren't in NaNoWriMo. So, mm. um, oh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes too. And that's just, you know, we can come in and talk about, uh, there'll be, live writing sessions so i'm opening my writing studio virtually in um, a private zoom room every day in november that i'm writing uh, mm -hmm. every morning my time so people can if they're part of the group they can come in and write with me we can all write together that sounds fun yeah so um what i want to know is what do i need to keep in mind so just you know about about this whole thing the book that I am using for uh, Prophecy this week is a little book called Embodying Earth, Real Magic and Spiritual Self-Care, written by Sandra Ann Turnbull. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who is yours truly? <laughs> Who is me? Of course, it's me. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've used this book before. I think you did once, once a while back, maybe oh, season one. Age. It's okay. Time, yeah. time for it again. <sighs> Ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a giggle. <laughs> That's a giggle. Part of what I'm teaching you in this book is the ability to create safe space for yourself. I want you to really allow yourself to enter into all my invitations on all the pages. I know it's difficult. I know it can be uncomfortable. And more than that, it can be rough. That's why being able to hold yourself, to understand what is sacred space, to know that you are the space that is holy, is what gives you permission to be free. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, do NaNoWriMo and just... Stay within yourself as you do it. Because I'll just stay with I'll, Nano. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'll, go read ahead this, I'll just read this tiny little next bit because this will be important. Your base chakra is the red energy center located at the base of your spine. This is where your emotional body anchors events and thought patterns related to survival and belonging. Wow. So pay attention to my base chakra. And keep going. You were telling me wonderful things. Um, no, I was just going to say uh, with NaNoWriMo, you know, it's amazing because it is such a community thing and you can, you already have built your own community so you guys can write together with all that. And it helps a lot. Like it gives you motivation to do it. And I actually never found groups to participate with in the, in the stuff. I always did it alone. It's kind of just the way I write, I guess. But um, I think that this, passage you read is just a reminder that even though you're going to be with these people writing to still be focused like within yourself and your story what is true to you which mm -hmm. you're kind of natural at anyways so well sometimes not so uh, much <laughs> yeah 
So yeah, it's going to be fun. I, as you were saying, I was like, you know what? I'm starting my novel at the beginning of November. So why don't I try it? But then I don't know, maybe I might. Possibly. Well, I'm going to have always, a, I'm going to have a house guest here for most of November, except for three days oh, wow. at the end. So, but That's, I want, to, I want to do this. I want to know if I can do it because damn it, I'm an author and I want to get books written so that I can sell the damn things. <laughs> Right. That would be really nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've learned that I write nonfiction very quickly. So that's refreshing. <laughs> I think I might I might have a whole new fire to write the third novel in my series now. Yep. We'll see. I might it's try. a different it's a different beast writing nonfiction though. I found that easier because it was my voice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, and my my stuff is world like I have to build the whole world as I'm yeah. going. So Well, I'm my my goal is to allow my voice out more yeah because when I write a blog post for example it's great it's me it's easy it's beautiful it flows I want to write like that but in a book (laughs) like in a novel you mean yeah so it's a oh did I tell you the title no (laughs) it's called emerald on her tongue Wow. So is this like a new series separate from the one you were yes. working on? Yep. Okay. I like that. Anything Emerald that I'm drawn in because I just go right into the <laughs> fantasy place. Well, it's, it's a sexy lesbian love tryst between a human and a mermaid. Wow. I always wanted to write a mermaid story, but I have not been brave enough. Not brave enough. And it's not in my plan yet. So, um, okay. So... My my check in. Uh, the prophecy. Week, oh, your check in. Sorry. Yeah, from last week, uh, I had asked about just Stephen King's book about love. Just generally some guidance on That's love. That's right, Stephen King <laughs> on love. <laughs> and I forget what he was talking about, but I said basically just replace what he's talking yep. about with love, and that's yep. my answer. Yeah. So. Um, it's actually been two weeks since we recorded that. So it's been Mm -hmm. some time and I have, I have come, I'd say in the last like four days, uh, there's been a lot of peace around what I was intending with that question Mm -hmm. and clarity too. Great. So I've been feeling good with that. Um, this week though, I've brought this up many times on this show and it still is not resolved. (laughs) Even with my naturopath, um, she's tried to help me uh, with like Chinese herbs to help me sleep and calm my mind. And I take those still, uh, stop watching TV shows. I did that for a while and it wasn't really doing anything. So now I'm kind of back in my habit of watching how long TV did before you not bed. Do, how long did you not do it for? <sighs> Two days? No, like a few weeks. Oh, few okay. Weeks. And then it's what kind about of, your what, phone? What? Do you have your phone? Um, not usually in the last 30 minutes to an hour I stay away from um, screens okay so yeah so but my dreams have been so crazy intense and half the time I do not remember what I was dreaming I just know it was my dreams mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning and this morning that's why I have a headache right now because I slept through the whole night like I was sleeping I've but been doing that too it's weird. My- my dreams is whatever is running in my head while I'm asleep. And I, I usually don't remember, 
but I just wake up and I'm like, I feel like shit. I feel like I've been tormented mentally. I feel like I was just dragged through some kind of a horror movie. Mm -hmm. And it's just not where I want to wake up after all the great stuff that's been happening in my days. Mm -hmm. So my question is like, what is causing these dreams and this restless sleep? Okay. I just, I don't understand. So I'm using The Lost Symbol by Dan Brown. Okay. Okay. this is a pretty good book. It's been a while since I read it. Okay. Making matters worse, Andros had failed to obtain that for which he had traveled all this distance, the pyramid. His stomach growled and he limped outside to the man's truck, hoping maybe to find food. The pickup was now covered with heavy snow and Andros wondered how long he had been sleeping in this motel. Thank God I woke up. Andros found no food anywhere in the front seat, but he did find some arthritis painkillers in the glove compartment. He took a handful, washing them down with several mouthfuls of snow. I need food. A few hours later, the pickup that pulled out from behind the old motel looked nothing like the truck that had pulled in two days earlier. The cab cap was missing as were the hubcaps, bumper stickers, and all of the trim. The Vermont plates were gone, replaced by those from an old maintenance truck uh, Andros had found parked by the motel dumpster, into which he had thrown all the bloody sheets, bird shot. I think that's supposed to say bird shit. Bird shot. Uh, bird shot? Yeah, it's a type that's of something? Um, ammunition. Okay. <laughs> and other <laughs> and other evidence that he had ever been at the motel. Hmm. I think it's in the start. Yeah. Something in the start. He's talking about sleeping and waking. I don't know. Um what's coming up t- for you? And taking a handful of painkillers. <laughs> Uh, which I try to avoid when I get these headaches, man. It's um, something I do. Can I? Yeah, because I'm I'm not I'm not finding it. Okay, so you're looking for something that's lost. That's not there. You want to change it. You want to dull what's happening. You want to make it go away. Hmm. But how you go into it? It's not how you'll come out of it in the end. Okay. The transformation is a messy process. Right. And constantly wanting to get away from it makes the process longer and harder. Mm. Okay. I had I had this um, after meditation this morning. This thought came into my mind about about the sleep I kind of just asked a question out into the universe after my meditation was over about what is causing this almost immediately a thought came into my head that was along the lines of I've learned a lot about subconscious mind and that it's especially when you're falling asleep that you can really imprint what you want to on your subconscious mind and yesterday, um, I, I 
found this really clever idea from somebody to record my own voice stating my I am intentions mm -hmm. so that I can play them in my ears as I'm falling asleep with my own voice. So I did mm -hmm. that last night. Mm -hmm. Last night was one of my worst sleeps in a long time. Um, and I know it's connected because that time I told you I was going to try those uh, hypnosis things. Mm -hmm. I did two nights and I stopped because those two nights were horrible. Mm -hmm. Like I was plagued with the worst dreams. I woke up feeling sick. Last night I, I woke up for, it was really brief, but I was super nauseous. And I'm like, oh man, I don't, because I, the last two nights before my, each daughter was awake and I got woken up and I just wanted to sleep. Mm -hmm. But my, my thing that came to me was that what's what's causing this is is these like what i listened to last night is reprogramming yeah like not not reprogramming i don't like that word but it is changing my subconscious mind but in some way my conscious mind is still there even though i'm asleep and it's yeah. it's almost like fighting yeah. it's fighting it and that's what's making me sick yeah and also have wake up feeling like shit. So, so in actual fact, the times that you're trying to mitigate your natural dreaming and processing your transform, your natural transformation process are the times when the battle is so intense that you feel sick. Yeah. So the natural process might feel really heavy but it's not as heavy as when you fight it mm -hmm. so but is that like then don't do these this audio before as i'm falling asleep and just fall asleep on my own not if it makes you feel sick yeah i just feel like because when i listen to it during the day when i'm not falling asleep to it i feel good then listen to it during the day when you're not falling asleep and then when you fall asleep, let your natural psyche take over the process that mm -hmm. it does every night, taking you through the things that it needs to take you through, knowing that during the day you did all of the things that were nourishing and yummy for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, that makes sense. I've been wondering too if I should stop taking the Chinese herbs that she's given me for sleep or not. I do notice when I stop taking them, my dreams get worse too. So maybe then I should. Then don't stop. Okay. Then that's what I'll do. <laughs> okay. Cool. Sounds well, I hope good. that you have sweet dreams, darling. Yeah, me too. Me too. I don't like this headache has lasted all day. It's still here. So. Oh, you poor thing. I hate headaches. Uh, I took Panadol yeah. this morning because I slept so hard last night. I don't think I moved all night and I woke up and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I've like wrenched my neck. <laughs> yeah, that feeling or you've been like pressed the back of your head yeah, and like, like hill all oh night. Oh my God, I slept. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's our Prophecy Speaks. end of the chapter end of the episode i don't have a hashtag what a surprise <laughs> it's 
totally forgot. <laughs> Hot-eyed countess. Yeah, that's a good one. That sound good? Yeah, and then also my, my prediction for the next chapter. Uh, last week, uh, I was kind of right. I said all hell will break loose with Natchek's murder. <laughs> the Murgos will begin a retaliation against the Bo- against Bray with uh, Wolf and the gang will offer to help. So there wasn't really any retaliation. But no. a little no. bit of hell broke loose. A little bit. Um, next chapter, I'm going to say, obviously, it says they're going to leave Vomembray. Or, uh, yeah, Vomembray. Did you flick to the next page at the end of the chapter? I did. I did. So they new are map. leaving. New map next week, my darlings. New map. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're going to be getting back on the road. And I'm going to just guess that maybe Leldorin might come back. That's okay. my hope. Anyways. Cool. Okay, excellent. So, darling listener, if you are at the end of this chapter, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Hit us up on social media with the hashtag Hot Eyed Countess to talk about this mm-hmm episode in particular you'll find us on instagram occasionally and facebook most often <laughs> yeah and you'll find all the show notes and everything to do with the show all the extras that i put into the show notes every week at our website belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com so go over there and uh check it all out mm-hmm. yep and on itunes uh, ratings and reviews are extremely helpful and we could use your help with that. So if you are enjoying the show, please let us know and just head over to iTunes and um, give it a five-star review or uh, type up what you think, what other people will find if they are to listen to the yeah. podcast. And that would be a huge help. Okay. Shabazz. To read Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings and fall asleep. Yes. I'm on to book two. I finished book one. I'm on to the two towers. That's awesome. Maybe I should just play those audiobooks while I fall asleep. Lord of oh the Rings. Oh God! Can you Potter. imagine? I already dream in adventures, depending on what I'm reading or watching on TV. It's been a long time since I've dreamt in an adventure. I miss it. I oh, used well. to have dreams. <laughs> And this is when I would fall asleep to Harry Potter or yeah. Lord of the Rings on movies. I would have dreams that I was running through Hogwarts with oh, wow. a gang, like casting spells, running from bad guys. And it was like the best thing. I miss having those dreams. Well, then uh, ramp yourself up for adventure dreams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, all right. Did so I say goodbye? I haven't said goodbye. We no. just started talking. We just started rambling. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> okay, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> see you next week. Bye. <laughs> I just continue with the conversation. Yeah. I know it's hot in here. Okay. Well, I'm going to go because I'm at it. <laughs> yeah.
probably been a long day. Yeah, it's been a long day. All that um, computer work. I am. Um, my face feels like it's falling off. 